Welcome back. We're going to pick up again tonight in the book of John. John chapter 8. Last week we uh, saw them try and trap Jesus as they brought uh, a woman that was taken in adultery, taken in the act of adultery, uh, brought him, her, to uh, him, to Christ, and, and interrupted his teaching uh, to try and get him to uh, pass judgment. And we understand that they already knew the Bible was very clear on what the punishment should have been. And, uh, but Christ chose to use that as a teaching opportunity. He chose to uh, ask them, you know, he said he was without sin, cast the first stone. And they each had to look into their own hearts and realize that they were uh, full of sin and just as guilty as she was and uh, left one right after the other, from the eldest go all the way to the youngest. Uh, today, Christ is again back in the temple, um, and he's going to begin to teach again. So, John chapter 8, and we're going to start in verse number 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came, and whither I go, but ye cannot tell whence I come, and whither I go. Ye judge after the flesh, I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true, and I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. He, <clears throat> it is written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, Neither know ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself? Because he saith, Whither I go, ye cannot come. And he said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you, That ye shall die in your sins, For if ye believe not that I am he, Ye shall die in your sins. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? Jesus answered unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you, But... He that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lift up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And if ye shall know the truth, sorry, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. <clears throat> Again, we thank you for this glorious day, for this opportunity to gather here and hear your truth. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts tonight. I pray that you would teach us, mold us, and shape us as the potter does the clay. Lord, that you would... Uh, create in us a heart that is longing for you. So God, please guide and direct 
Help us to see your truth today. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus, again, is back in the temple teaching. He's just uh, cleared the temple with by telling the, the men that brought the woman before him to, uh, you that are without sin, cast the first stone. And the Bible tells us in John chapter 8, verse number 9, that they left everyone from the oldest to the youngest. But now he's back again, and, and the same men are back listening to him teach. You would think that they would get tired of being proven wrong. You'd think that since they don't want to hear and don't want to understand who he is, that they would, um, that they would stop seeking him. But they continue to go back. There's, there's something about him that is... Thank you. I feel like I have to sneeze, but it's just not quite there yet. <laughs> but they've again surrounded him. He's, he's in the group teaching. In verse number 12, it says that he's, he's speaking to them again, and his teaching again aims to point them to him as the Messiah. He tells them, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. But again, the Pharisees can't understand this. They can't wrap their heads around the fact that he has come from God, even though there is an abundant amount of evidence. Uh, and they accuse Christ of bearing record of himself. In other words, they're accusing him of, of being prideful, of being arrogant, of, of having an a inflated ego. Does that sound familiar? It's a lot of the things we get today as we point to the world and point out the things that are wrong in the world. Well, you know, you just think you're better than we are. No, I just think I know what the truth is. But Christ is making a stand again. And whether it's Christ being accused of these things in front of the men in the temple or it's us being accused of these things in this Laodicean Christian age, God's truth is still God's truth. And Christ is the light of the world. But these Pharisees are still trying to ignore all of the evidence that's been presented. They're, they're essentially plugging their ears and closing their eyes. They're willingly ignorant as to what is right in front of them. It would be... Um, I, I remember vague, or not vaguely, vividly as a young man uh, sitting in class and uh, the class clown um, was acting like the class clown. And... Uh, the teacher was telling him something and he jumped up in the middle of the class and plugged his ears and started running around yelling la 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 because he, he didn't want to hear what she had to say. And he ran around the whole class for about five minutes until he was escorted to the principal's office. But this is exactly what the Pharisees are doing here. If they're not lacking knowledge because they don't have the opportunity. They're lacking knowledge because they're refusing to see it. Go with me to Zechariah. Uh, Zechariah 7. Find it real quick. Zechariah chapter 7. We're going to start in verse number 8. And the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Execute true judgment, and show mercy and compassion every man to his brother. And oppress not the widow, nor the fatherless, the stranger, nor the poor, and let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. 
But they refused to hearken and pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear. Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone, lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts has sent in his spirit by the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. Verse number 11, but they refused to hearken. They pulled away their shoulder and stopped their ears. Can't you just see a little kid that you're trying to correct, that you're trying to help, and they're, they're, they're pulling away from you. They're, they're running away. New Testament example, Acts chapter 7. Just a few pages back, Acts chapter 7. And verse number 57. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Again, this is a rabbit trail, but we have a a man here full of the Spirit of God that is being stoned to death after preaching the Word and, and preaching a convicting message. And his first thought is not, Uh, to rebuke them it's to plead with God for those that are killing him we we talked about that a little bit with this morning in in the book of Esther and Esther's reaction to being removed from the kingdom but but they stopped their ears they cried with a loud voice they didn't want to hear these Pharisees have so much evidence Jesus quickly reminds them that while he's testifying of himself He's not the only one who's testifying of him. The Father, God himself, testified of him on multiple occasions. When he was baptized by John the Baptist, the the, the voice from heaven came down and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. As he's walked through, he's got hundreds and thousands of people that have witnessed him do miracles, that have seen the great things that he's done, or have been healed by him, that are all testifying who he is. And he reminds them that it all, Jewish, Jewish law only requires two witnesses. Two. And he has thousands. Yet this multitude of witnesses is being ignored. The multitude of evidence is being ignored. Kind of sounds like our government today. This pile of evidence is just being pushed aside and ignored. Anyway, this is not political. But the point is... We've all been there in our lives. We've all been at a point where we know something is true. We know in our heads, but it's not traveled to our hearts. We've not allowed it to change us. These people know it's true, otherwise they wouldn't be coming back and hearing him teach time after time after time. They know who he is, but they refuse, they willingly refuse to accept him. They just don't get it. The Pharisees ask him, well, if your father testifies of you, where is your father? The very God that they make such a show of praying to and fasting for is the one that sent Jesus, but as he's told them last chapter, unless they do the Father's will, they cannot know him. 
But I believe here they're asking about Joseph. Where is thy father? Let's go ask him. And I would have to say, at this point, Joseph must be dead. We, we haven't heard from Joseph since right after Christ was born. Since he was about 13 years old. I'm sorry, not right after, but since he was about 13 years old. And, and they lost him uh, on their way back from, from worshiping in Jerusalem. And they went back after three days and found him in the, te- in the temple. That's the last we hear of Joseph, the earthly man that raised Christ. But even Joseph, if he was alive, if he was there, would be testifying, this is the Christ. The angel Gabriel spoke to me. God created him, not me. Yet, again, they're just ignoring this mountain of evidence. In all of this, they they begin to try and they want, they desire to try and take him and arrest him, but they can't because we're reminded again that his hour is not yet come in verse number 20. He's sitting in the treasury teaching. And these people who have sought to kill him, sought to take him and arrest him, sought to silence him, can't because it's not his time. It's all in God's timing. It's all in God's power. And as he continues to teach, he really starts to drive home this point. He says, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. We saw this in chapter 7. And in chapter 6, as he's teaching again during the Feast of Tabernacles, he says, I am going my way. I am going back to the Father. You cannot come. You will not be able to find me when I go. This is not only a prophecy concerning his crucifixion, but it's also a prophecy concerning the rapture. He says, you will die in your sins. He's elaborating on it. In God's grace and mercy, Christ was replaced here on earth by the Holy Spirit, which indwells us. Indwells every believer upon salvation. After the crucifixion, the death, burial, the resurrection, the ascension, God sent another comforter to indwell us. John 14, 16. Starting 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Then in Acts chapter 1, we see the the disciples in the upper room, and and the the Holy Spirit descends on them as cloven tongues of fire, and they begin to preach at Pentecost. And and we see over and over again in the book of Acts that that they pray, and the Holy Spirit comes in and, and dwells believers. And we know that he indwells us. But go with me to 1 John 5, 7. Just so we can clear up that these are all the same person. Still, uh, it's hard for us to understand the Trinity, that there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And they are all three, one and the same, but three different parts. So, 1 John 5, 7 says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three again in one, or agree in one. We as believers have the Holy Spirit. One day we will be raptured out of this world. The, the 
trump will sound, the Lord will come and meet us in the air. Every believer that is here on earth will be taken out right before the beginning of the, the tribulation period. When that happens, the Holy Spirit will go with us. And they will no longer, those that are here on earth that have had the opportunity, that door will be closed. They will, we talked about it a little bit this morning. They will no longer be able to get saved. God is long-suffering, but He's only going to suffer so long. Christ is telling them, if you do not believe, you are going to die in your sins. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is everlasting life through our... Uh, eternal life. Eternal life. I'm sorry. I shouldn't... I've memorized that so many times and I still can't get it right. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But the wages of sin is death. If they don't accept the gift that's been given, they're going to die. But again, these Pharisees, they can't see, the Pharisees, the, the Sadducees, the, the men that are gathered, they can't see past what's just right in front of them immediately. They, they're not looking ahead. They can't understand what's going on. They think, well, is he going to kill himself? Well, because in their mind, if he kills himself, they can't go where he's going because he's killed himself. Well, I'm sorry, but for most of them, they can go. They can kill themselves. They can try and follow him. But in, in a sense, yes, Christ is going to kill himself. He's going to offer himself as a sacrifice for all of us. John 18. We talked about it just a minute ago that his hour has not yet come. It's all in the Lord's timing and Christ had the power to overcome anything in front of him. And we see this in John chapter 18. John chapter 18 and verse number 4. <clears throat> Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. Verse number 6. As soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Then asked he them again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. Judas has now come to the garden with this great multitude to arrest Christ. And with three simple words, I am he, the whole host is laid flat. They were not able to take him. He willingly offered himself. And now finally the Pharisees, this group is asking the right question. They ask Christ, who are you? Who are you? And Christ's answer was simple. I am the same that I have told you from the beginning. I've been telling you all along. I am the Messiah. I am the Son of God. I am the Chosen One. It's plain English. Yet they still won't listen. 
he says, you'll understand when the Son of Man is lifted up. Again, he calls himself the Son of Man. In verse number 28, Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. I am the Son of Man. I, that, that should have rung true with this group. This group that has studied God's Word for their whole lives should have understood who the Son of Man is. But Christ again here is prophesying, giving us a glimpse of what's to come. Just like the brazen serpent in the wilderness that was lifted up so that those were, that were bitten could look on it and live, the Son of Man had to be lifted up so that those who believe on Him can live. He says, then will you know who I am. When you read the story of the crucifixion day and, and you read what happens, that you know, they... they beat him, they scourge him, they hang him on the cross and in the middle of the day the sun goes dark there's a great earthquake, the veil of the temple is rent from the top to the bottom all of these great natural miracles happen Matthew I believe tells us that, that the graves were open that the dead got up and walked in the city as Christ gave up the ghost. All of this happened, and yet so many still just simply refused. Like Pharaoh, they hardened their hearts and chose to be blind. The Bible tells us that when he spake these words that many believed on him. They're finally getting it. Some of them are finally getting it. And he leaves this group, this last group, with a thought as he speaks directly to those Jews that have believed on him. In verse number 31 and 32. He says, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If you continue in my word. The only way to know the truth, the only way to know the Father, is to be in his word. Because you can't do his will without knowing what his will is. So you have to be in his word to find his will, to be able to know him. And the truth shall make you free. That, that verse number 32, that's the, the verse for are you. That's how you become free of your bonds. Of, of not just the chains of addiction, but the bonds here on earth. The blindness, the hardness of your heart is to know the truth. Do you know the truth? I believe everybody in here does. But the better question is, do those around you know the truth? Christ, as he walked this earth, was rejected by the vast majority. And even those that followed him, followed him because of what he could do for them. 
not because of who he was. Yet, he still went day in and day out. Whether he was tired, whether he was hungry, he's often found trying to rest or trying to to take time for himself and gets interrupted and, and teaches and heals and does miracles all because he needed to tell as many people as possible the apostles uh, after his ascension when he sent them out they went and they spent the rest of their lives serving teaching with every opportunity I mean the book of Revelation is written by John the Beloved as he's exiled on Patmos he's been boiled in oil and disfigured permanently and and he's in exile stuck there basically in prison yet he's still doing everything he can to get the word out have we really understood this truth Have we really understood who Christ is? Time is getting short. We are fast approaching the end of the line. It's never more urgent than right now for us to get the word out. So let's focus on that today.